I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey, everybody. It's Don LaGreca with the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. What's happening? And I can tell you what's not happening the New York Rangers making the playoffs. That was a devastating loss last night to the Philadelphia Flyers, 3-2. And one of the biggest problems with this team is, is clearly the youth. And they got younger last night with Zach Jones at 20 entering the fray. And what David Quinn tried to do is protect him. So he started playing with Lingren, then he played a little bit with Miller, played a little bit with Smith. And really what happened, the Rangers got, got discombobulated, right? And... You know, they they rely so much on that pass out of the zone. They rely so much on their blue line contributing offensively, and it just really became a problem. And even though there was room on the ice to skate, they couldn't take advantage of it. And the Rangers blew the one nothing lead, giving up a couple of power play goals, which is not like them at all. Their power play's been consistently in the top four for the last month or so, and they give up a couple of power play goals. Took too many penalties, two, five in all, including that double minor by Miller that led to what proved to be a two to one lead. Rangers did make it three to two on a goal by Panarin that ended up making the Vorchek goal, the game winning goal. But you can make the point that that second Van Riemsdyk goal was a killer. And Rangers didn't get any breaks either because the first goal of the game for Philadelphia was off of Van Riemsdyk's face. So tough one. And then you couple that with Boston's sixth consecutive win. They beat Buffalo. Pittsburgh wins again, beats New Jersey. New Jersey's now dropped eight in a row. It's not happening. There's nine games left, and I think there's reason to go out there and play and play hard, and they will, but now you're just asking for just way too much. They're going to run out of road here. They're probably going to run out of road anyway. But you know, if you're looking for a stat that kind of would bother you as to why they missed the playoffs this year and can be explained away by the youth of the team, or at least you hope it can be, is the fact that they have just been lousy in one-goal games. Uh, they have been in 18 one-goal games that have won four of them. Now, they've gotten points in 10 of the 18, but the record is 4, 8, and 6. And that's killer. You know, that that's just killer. And you look at the season series against Philadelphia, they've got three wins. Two of them came in 9 nothing and 8-3 shellackings. One of them was a one-goal game. The rest of them were wins by by Philadelphia, and all of them were one-goal games. So that's what this team is going to have to learn moving forward, is this is a one-goal league. It just is. When I do the pregame for the Rangers, one of the things I laugh at is when I see the stats of how many games against this opponent have been decided by one goal over the last 20. And it's usually anywhere between 12 and 16 because every game seems to be decided in this league by one goal. And if it's not by one goal, most likely that second goal came in an empty net. You know, you don't play a lot of blowout games in this league. It's very close. There's a lot of parity. So you got to figure out how to win those close games. And if you don't, you're cooked. So that's what's happened with the Rangers here. We'll see what these last nine games uh, end up being. We'll see what the situation is with Truba. Listed his day-to-day. Didn't play last night. I would think he's not going to play tonight. And we'll see if he's going to be available Sunday against Buffalo. But, again, running out of road here 
but still a reason to go out there and play and play hard. The game of the night really was the battle for first place between the Islanders and the Capitals, and the Capitals win this game in a shootout, two to uh, one to nothing. Kucherov gets the decider in the shootout, but. Uh, the Islanders are a team that really reminds you a lot of those Devils teams of the 90s, um, that they just do not give you any space. And and that that's pretty good to be able to take an Ovechkin-led team, a Washington team that's so good offensively, and to really just squelch their opportunities. Now, they figured it out as the game went on, but I think that when you look at the first period, the Islanders outshot the Caps 15-4. to now, the Caps did come back and outshoot the Islanders 14-7 in the second period and 9-3 in the third, but boy, does that really stand out to you. 15-4 in the first period really kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Now, I just wonder if the Islanders are going to be able to find that goal because, remember, if this is a playoff game last night, they're still playing. There's no shootout. There's no three-on-three overtime. It's just trying to find that goal. And in a game like last night, as good as the Islanders are and as good as their goaltending has been, Varlamov has been terrific as he was able to get the uh, technically the shutout because the goal didn't come until the shootout. The goaltending has been great, but if I've got a bet in overtime in the playoffs, who's going to get that goal? Is it going to be Washington or New York? Is it going to be Tampa or New York? Is it going to be Toronto or New York? I'm probably going to bet on those other teams. Now, the Islanders did win games in overtime last year, <clears throat> and I'm not dispelling them making a run because I think they can make a run and I think they're coming out of the east but that's it's a nitpick but I think it's it, it's more than that it's a concern that this team has to be able to generate some offense it's still about outscoring the other opponent now they've got it figured out how to lock it down but some of these teams in the best of seven series will get creative enough to find that offense and to get that goal and you're probably going to bet with the teams they're going to have to go through. Now, Carolina, Florida might find themselves in the same situation, although I'll say with Florida, you know, since the deadline, they've looked actually pretty good, and going out and get Sam Bennett has been a big thing for them, although they did lose to Carolina 4-2, to two, but, you know, Carolina, they're very good, right? They're, they're one of the best teams in the NHL right now. We'll have the top five of the week coming up. But, you know, they can get goals because they've got Ajo, right? They've got uh, Trocheck. They, they've got some guys that can really – really score. Nita Riders had a good year. What does he have? 17 goals. So, and they're getting the goaltending too, which has been terrific for them. So, these are dangerous teams that the Islanders are going to have to navigate through, and they're just going to have to find some offense. Somebody's going to have to get hot, whether it's Barzell, whether it's Everly, whether it's Bailey, you know, uh, maybe it's going to be Paul Mary. Uh, I don't think it'll be Zajac. You know, the trading deadline is over. They're going to have to try to create offensively, and we'll see if that can happen. Devils are an embarrassment now, eight straight losses, and we can make excuses all we want about who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. But the thing that I keep circling back to, and we brought this back uh, up with EJ back on Monday, is the goaltending for this team. And it's been putrid. It really has. And there's enough to get excited about with the young players on the blue line and all that, but they're just not getting goaltending. And whether it's Wedgwood, whether it's Dell, whether it's Blackwood, and you can believe in Blackwood all you want, but... You know, he's going to face a lot of shots until this team figures it out, and they've lost eight straight games. Yes, they've been competitive. All right, They were tied at one in the first period last night, fought back from 6 nothing down to score six goals in the third period the other night. They were very competitive against the Rangers, kept fighting, but they're just not really good right now, and it's just a mess. And, and I wish I could be like other people and get excited about the direction this team is going, 
And there are built-in excuses. Again, no Zaka. Bratt's been in and out of the lineup, right? They're playing without P.K. Subban right now. But um, what is the direction of this team? Is it just going to slow burn rebuild with young kids? Are they going to make a major transaction to add here? Is this an attractive place for free agents to come since they're in this long rebuild? But eight straight losses here, pretty tough stuff. Now, Maple Leafs made a statement last night. You know, Minnesota's right up their rear end for the battle for the North Division. And Toronto kind of laid it down. They they almost blew a, a lead in the first period. It was a wide open first period. Three two was the uh, the score after one, but you know Matthews picks up a goal. Marner, who's the guy that's kind of forgotten about there, uh, he scores. Connor uh, he has twenty two goals now. I think it's like he's, there's only a handful of players that have had four straight twenty or more goal seasons, and Kyle Connor is one of them. But Maple Leafs starting to show you that they're the better team. Boston's won six in a row now. And, yeah, you could say predominantly against Buffalo, but, you know, they're starting to warm up too. They're getting healthy. Grizzly comes back from injury. He scores what turned out to be the game-winning goal. Marshan's been on fire for them. Boston, now that they're getting healthy, a very, very dangerous team. They'll have Buffalo again tonight, so I don't know when it's going to try to change for them. Pasternak gets on the board as well. And uh, Swayman makes 24 saves in the victory. So the combination of him and Rask here down the stretch, pretty good. Um, Again, we said it's over for the Blue Jackets. They put up a fight, but the Lightning do win that game as Blake Coleman gets a couple of goals, including an empty netter, a 3-1 victory there. Hurricanes, again, showing their dominance. At some point, we're going to have to recognize the fact that the Hurricanes are the best team in that division, right? They, They are the best team right now in the Central Division. They're getting it done. They're scoring goals. They're locking it down. And listen, they've got they've got a three-point lead on Tampa with a game in hand. They've got a two-point lead on Florida with two games in hand. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, Nashville might not even make it. That was a bad loss for Dallas last night against Detroit. I'm telling you, with the exception of New Jersey, these teams that are out of it continue to be a thorn in the side of teams trying to make the playoffs. Dallas has got everything working for them uh, in this game going in last night. They're taking on a Detroit team. They've beaten a couple of times in a row. Dallas comes in just two points back of idle Nashville with three games in hand. Well, they wasted one of the games in hand, losing to Detroit 7-3. to The story in this one, Jacob Vrana, has four goals for Detroit, and that ends up being the difference in the game. Avalanche become the second team in the NHL to clinch a playoff spot with a 4-2 victory over the St. Louis Blues, and they came back from one nothing down. Barakovsky gets a couple of goals, and that's pretty big. Belmar ends up getting what is uh, proved to be the game-winning goal as the Avalanche roll. And the Canucks just, I think, ran out of gas last night. They lose 3-0. They had two wins coming out of the pandemic, but the Senators, another one of those teams, you just don't want to face down the stretch, and they pitch the shutout. Uh, Strutzel gets uh, gets a big goal for them. So a nice job by the Ottawa Senators playing the role of spoiler is what they've done very well here down the stretch. They've never been a good team, never been in contention, but a tough team to have to face. And give Murray credit, makes 31 saves for 
uh, the uh, shutout, and that really puts a cramp in uh, Vancouver trying to catch Montreal for that final playoff spot. Congratulations in order to Keith Yandel. Played in game number 914 consecutive. Now tied with Gary Younger, second most all-time. So he will be all alone in second place the next time the Florida Panthers play, and I believe that is going to be Saturday when they play host to the Carolina Hurricanes. So congratulations are there are in order, and I think if he can stay healthy through next year, that you know, maybe it would be with a different team, but he will be able to catch possibly Doug Jarvis for the most games played consecutive in National Hockey League history. So good job by a lot of very competitive, very close, very interesting games. But now, because it's Friday, you know what Friday means. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Even though they're currently ranked 11th, we're going to start from the bottom with a new team. Number 5. And that's the Boston Bruins. They've won six in a row, eight of their last ten, and they're getting healthy. It was easy to kind of throw the blanket over them when they were hurt and say, all right, they're going to make the playoffs because the Rangers and the Flyers aren't good enough to catch them but they're not really going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Well, think again. All right, Pasternak scoring, Marchant scoring. They're getting healthier. And now the goaltending with Rask coming back. Remember, Rask took the leave of absence, didn't want to play in the pandemic last year, and that certainly hurt in that series against Tampa. So do not sleep on the Boston Bruins, and I have them at number five. Number four. You know, nobody wants to talk about this team, but I'm going to, and that is the Minnesota Wild. They've been consistent all year, five consecutive wins, plus 23 goal differential. They never lose at home, 17-4. and four. Not bad on the road either at 12-9-3. and three. And here's what's interesting when you look at the standings out west. And there was some controversy when the Wild were put out west, right, because of travel and everything else. Well, look at the Wild. They're in third place with 61 points, and they're not dead yet to possibly – win the division. Vegas has clinched everything up with 68 points, right? And the Wild are seven points back. But the Wild do have a game in hand, so they certainly can make it interesting. But here's what I find. You've got those three teams. We all knew the West was going to be top-heavy this year, but look at the drop from third to fourth. Arizona now with 45 points. St. Louis with 44. These are teams. Arizona's, Arizona's got 20 wins in 47 games. All right? So they're, when you look at their record, they're 20, 22, and 5. They're under NHL 500. Only 20 wins in 47 games. The Blues have only 19 wins in 44 games. And the Blues are likely going to be the playoff team because of the three games in hand they have over Arizona. You know, the Sharks are falling out of it now, 18 wins in 46. And the Kings, they have 40 points, and they're out of it, 17, point, 17 wins with 43. So Minnesota's right there among the elite teams and so it's easy to say, oh, they're in third place. They're not battling with anything. The only thing they're battling with is possibly catching Colorado, which I'm not sure they're going to be able to do. They're five points back and have played one more game. But the gap, the drop, is pretty distinctive. So it's easy to kind of forget that Minnesota is one of those really good teams in the league, and they play a great uh, a great style. They're going to have the rookie of the year this year. They're getting great goaltending. I like Minnesota. I got them at number four. Number three. Carolina's getting goaltending. They're 7-1-2 in their last 10. They consistently beat Tampa. They beat Florida. They just continue to prove day in and day out through 46 of the 56-game schedule that they're the best team in the Central Division. And many people have the Central Division being one of the best in the NHL. And for them to be on top of it means that they certainly are one of the best in the league. I've got Carolina at number three. Number two. Colorado's done a nice job coming out of the pandemic. They get a win last night. They've won five in a row because it's easy to forget they had four straight wins 
going into the uh, the pandemic shutdown for them with the three-game postponements. And Rantanen's not even the lineup for them because he still is in COVID-19 protocol. But you know all the players. They're all playing terrific. And to me, they're already one of two teams to clinch a playoff spot. Avalanche are probably going to compete as the best team in the NHL, but I got them at number two. Number one. Yeah! Now, certainly Vegas is taking advantage of uh, – beating up on the bottom feeders of the Western Division. But come on, this team has been consistently good for years. A plus 53 goal differential. Think about that. Only Colorado has been better at plus 55. And Vegas is just getting, doesn't matter who's in goal, whether it's Leonard, whether it's Flurry, um, they're getting uh, Pacioretty with big goals. Uh, when you watch them, it, it seems like it's a new hero every single night. They're just stacked, clinched the playoff berth and they are among the best teams in the league. And it's not going to get any easier for their opponents, right, because you take a look at what they have on their schedule. They've got Anaheim uh, coming up, and Anaheim is one of the worst teams in the NHL. So Vegas is on their way, I think, to winning that division. Uh, they'll get tested. There's no, no, no doubt that they're going to get tested once we get to the playoffs, especially when they're going to have to kind of navigate through some of the teams they're competing with, like Minnesota, like Colorado. But right now, Vegas has it going on, and I got them as the number one team in the National Hockey League. All right, let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is always the way to get in touch with us. And Troy says, which team out of the playoff contention show the most potential to make it next season? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I've said I think the Rangers are really in a good position to be a better team next year. Um, and I think they are going to be a playoff team next year because they're going to be a year older. They've got room to maneuver. I think they're going to make some um, major hay in the future. Philadelphia, um, you're hearing reports that it's a country club in Philadelphia with Elaine Vigneault. He's got all of his buddies making big money as his assistants, and they have been a major, major disappointment this year. So I don't know what direction they're going into. New Jersey and Buffalo got a ways to go. So in the East, I would say the Rangers have the best chance of being good down the road. Uh, when you look at the non-playoff teams in the North, Calgary, Vancouver, and Ottawa, I think Ottawa's got an excellent future. They've won three in a row. Uh, they dug themselves an early hole, but they're clearly not the team that people thought they were early in the year. They may not even finish uh, as the last place team in their division. Uh, Vancouver got a lot of good young players there too. Calgary, we'll see what direction they go into just with their coach, but I can't say that any of those three teams jump um, and make me think that they're going to be major contenders down the road. You go to the Central Division, I mean, Dallas is a win-now team, but Chicago has an excellent future as well. Goaltending, young players, I, I, I compare them a lot to the Rangers in the situation that they're in. Uh, Detroit and Columbus got a ways to go. Um, and then you look at San Jose, Kings, Anaheim, not quite there yet. So to answer your question uh, in a very long-winded answer, I've got the Rangers, I've got the Blackhawks, I've got the Ottawa Senators. Those are some teams that jump out to me that I think have excellent futures despite not making the playoffs this year. Uh, CJ says, do you think the Rangers have a legit chance of making the postseason this year? Could the pressure be too much for this young team? This is still trying to f find a way. They're not making the playoffs this year. I mean, I, I, listen, you, you're you're not out of it until you're mathematically eliminated, and there's still reasons to go out there and play. Heck, they could win tonight against Philly. Boston lose to Buffalo, and now it's back to six again. But those two games in hand, the way Boston's playing right now, 
I find it very difficult to believe they're going to run out of road. Like I said, now they've got three winnable games with Philadelphia, the two against the Buffalo Sabres, but then you've got the Capitals. You've got two games with the Bruins at the end of the season, but you're going to have to get within four points to have those four games be meaningful. And you don't know what Boston's going to do with those games in hand. So it's going to be very, very difficult to make it. Uh, Ozzy says, hey, Don, I know everyone is stamped Kaprizov as the uh, Calder, and for good reason. But are we overlooking Robertson in Dallas? He only has two less points, but four less games and a higher plus minus. I I think he's really come on lately in this run uh, outside of last night that Dallas has been on. He's been a major part of it. So I do think he will get major consideration as well. Tony says, what are your top five goals of the year in no particular order? Also, could you see the NHL ever going to a 2-3-2 format only due to the fact that it is less travel and less chance of teams to catch COVID, etc.? They don't seem to want to do that. Um, and I think they're going to be bubbling, at least in the last two rounds, so I don't think it's going to be anything to do with COVID-19. Oh, God, best goals. Of the I mean, basically anything Connor McDavid has done. I mean, you could probably look at Connor McDavid's highlights. How many times has he just cut through everyone to score a goal? So I'd have to kind of really look at it off the top of my head. But, you know, Connor McDavid has had some spectacular goals this year um, that, that jumped to mind to me. Um, I can think of some of the goals that uh, Panarin and Zabanajad have scored with the Rangers. Barzell's had some ca- crazy goals, too, for the Islanders. It's tough to get that specific on the best, but I would probably tell you that if I did have a top five goals this year, at least two or three of them would be McDavid goals. Uh, Chris says, hi, Don. Here's a book recommendation for you. Mark Howe's autobiography, um, Gordon, Gordon Howe's son. I'm too young to have seen Gordy play, and I'm sure – he was a great guy, but he was nastier on the ice than I imagined. Great player and someone not to cross. There's no question. Um, I read Mark Howe. Uh, I read a lot of um, the book that he was involved in for that forgotten uh, team that won the the bronze medal in 72 that doesn't get talked about quite a bit as far as Olympic hockey is concerned. How was a 17-year-old on that team? But i, I got to check that book out. I might even have it i got to just write, read it. Yeah, Gordy, Gordy would give you an elbow to the face, a stick to the face. He would not be able to get away with a lot of the things that happen in the NHL today. Gordy was as nasty as anybody in the National Hockey League. Tommy P. says, top five most improved players of 2021. He's got uh, Sam Garrard, yes, of the Colorado Avalanche. He's been terrific. Uh, Malcolm Subban has been terrific as well. He is really uh, been a very, very good goaltender uh, for Chicago. Number three, Chandler Stevenson. I agree with you. He's been improved. Mark Natchez has also been a guy that sometimes is forgotten in Carolina. Shouldn't be. He is a terrific player. And number one would be Adam Fox. And I think Adam Fox deserves consideration for the uh, um, Norris Trophy for the best defenseman. Alex Debrinkit is an honorable mention for Tommy. He's been terrific. Plus 20 goals so far this year. He has been pretty amazing. Uh, and let's close it out with Ryan. Ryan says, Don, the Wild don't get the credit they deserve. I feel a lot of teams wrote them off, but they are proving everyone wrong. Love their lineup as well. What are your thoughts? Do you think they can lose Dumba in expansion? I think they very well could and and probably sustain it. Well, that's why I had Minnesota as four in my top five. Again, it's an easy team to kind of forget because you look at what Vegas and Colorado's done out west. You look at the teams in the east, but you know Minnesota – you know, give a lot of credit to that organization. They made a lot of changes since the Bruce Boudreaux days, 
and you saw Parisi be a healthy scratch earlier this year, but they're finding ways to win, and there's a lot of good. There's nothing really spectacular about the team, but there's also no holes, and and that's what you want to see, a good, gritty, well-coached team. Everson's done a great job there. I think that Minnesota can be a very dangerous team, but again, coming out of that West, having to go through Colorado and Vegas, very very difficult. All right, this was a lot of fun getting the podcast up. We did three this week. Always looking forward uh, to getting a chance to talk to you guys. We'll be back with you again on Monday. We'll talk to EJ Raddick. We're getting late. I mean, everybody's going to be pretty much down to single digits games played with the exception of Vancouver uh, once, once we get to next week. So there's uh, times running out for all these teams and there's, you know, Dallas is still alive. Chicago's still alive. Uh, Rangers still technically alive. St. Louis is right there. So there's a few teams that still have a lot of regulation uh, regular season games to finish off here to try to get into what I think is going to be an absolutely wild playoff. So EJ will join us coming up on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. I'll have the call on Sunday of the Rangers and the Sabres from the Garden. I'll be looking forward to that. So I will talk to you on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.